We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. to the Bear Report Podcast. My name is Jeremy Stoltz. I'm the publisher of BearReport.com. Here today with Bears insider Aaron Lemming, only a few days away from the NFL draft. And we have a lot of rumors out there. And let's get to them. Let's just start about the rumors about the Bears. And let's talk about what's true, what we've heard, and uh, what we're hearing, and what we think is going to happen. Well, let's go ahead and uh, just kick it off right away with that number three pick. I think we should probably start off on quarterback because we haven't talked enough about it yet. So <laughs> I think that would be a really good place to start off. It, it seems like at least what I've seen, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, it seems like a lot of the national media right now seems to be leaning towards the Bears having big interest in Mitch Trubisky. And you see a lot of the local media, uh, including uh, guys like Greg Gabriel, um, including guys like uh, John Mullen, uh, myself. I, I don't, you know, I'm sure you've heard similar. Uh, but we all seem to think that uh, that Deshaun Watson is is the the apple of the Bears' eye in terms of quarterback. So uh, I, I kind of want to get your take on it. I mean, I, I think I know where we both stand in terms of uh, who we would rather have, but. Who are you more likely inclined to believe in terms of the the local media, the national media, or do you not believe either one? Well, based on the conversations that I've had, I'm more inclined to believe that the Bears are more interested in Deshaun Watson than they are Mitch Trubisky. Um, I personally don't uh, agree with it, and I I would take Trubisky all day over Watson. But, you know, we've discussed what Watson was able to do in college, and, you know, when you— you ha- he has uh, you know that 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 factor that you just can't really define that winning factor 
Um, you know, he, he doesn't. You know, he's a big guy. He can throw. He can run. I mean, he's athletic. Uh, but you know, he's he he didn't post ridiculous draughty numbers. But what he did is that he won, and he won on the biggest stages and when they in the most important games, he played his best football. And when you can beat an Alabama defense in the championship game, that's that's essentially beating an NFL defense. Uh, so he he's shown that you know you put him in under those bright lights, he's going to perform at a very high level. And I think that is what is so appealing. Uh, to Ryan Pace and the Bears right now about Watson and just you know his winning pedigree and you know when you look at all the other quarterbacks in this class and that includes Trubisky there's a ton of questions about him uh, so uh, you know if you're going to look look at them all equally and say hey who won more games who showed me more uh, when the games were on the line I, I, it's Watson and uh, again I I think Trubisky is the better prospect here but. I do. I do think that there's a good chance that if it's going to come down to a quarterback and they've they're dead set on it, it could be Watson. Yeah, and that kind of brings in an interesting point to me, and this is something that we've all kind of wondered about as well. So let's just say, uh, you know, there's been a, there's been a decent amount of rumors going around that Miles Garrett and Mitch Trubisky are, you know, the the Cleveland front office is at odds. Personally, I'm not buying it. I think they're far and away. I think. Uh, I, Miles Garrett is just the top talent in the draft, and especially with the Cleveland's situation with their picks. I mean, they, they've got the number 12 overall pick. They've got the number 33 overall pick, and I think they have another second-round pick as well. So, I mean, realistically, they have so much ammo uh, to be able to you know trade. Let's just say they want to trade up from 12 to 2 or 3. They could do it. So I think Miles Garrett's going to be the number one pick. Uh, so... But I think the biggest wild card in this whole entire situation is is absolutely got to be the 49ers right now. And so let's just hypothetically say that they take Mitch Trubisky. So you have Garrett and Trubisky off the board with the, the first two picks. Now, I'm firmly under the belief that Deshaun Watson's their guy regardless. But it also brings in another you know thought process of, okay, so let's say that uh, Deshaun Watson – um, let's just say Jamal Adams and Sol- Solomon Thomas are all sitting there at number three. Who do you think they take? Well, I, I've always said, you know, we, we've talked about this a lot, and I, I really think that the Bears, if they if they wait till the second round to try and draft a quarterback or beyond that, they're probably not going to find that franchise guy. I think that the, your best odds, and we know it historically, the odds are always better in the first round. It's not great. I think it's only 50-50, but... It drops off dramatically after that, and I don't think that the value or the depth is there at this quarterback position in this year's class to wait. So I think if it comes down to it, you know, I think they're gonna they're probably gonna go quarterback. I mean, apples apples. I don't think I any of these quarterbacks in this draft are the number the third overall talent. Uh, but I think the, the the importance of the quarterback position is just too high. So uh, if it if it comes down to those two, like I said, I'd take Trubisky, but if you had to, you know, you put a gun to my head, I'd probably say they're going to take Watson. Yeah, I, I definitely agree, and and I think it's it's interesting because we, we we talk about all these rumors, and obviously everything, including what I've said, has to be taken with a grain of salt. I mean, we just we don't know, uh, we don't know what's true and what's not. Uh, there's been two other things that have been kind of floating around with the number three overall pick, and one of those is that I think it was Matt Miller came out, and this is this is kind of an interesting quote that it kind of confuses me a little bit. He he quoted this out the other day and said that he talked to a I think it was an NFC executive that said, if you believe the Bears are going to go quarterback at three, I have a bridge in Arizona I'm willing to sell to you. 
I don't know what that means because I've been to Arizona quite a few times. There's bridges in Arizona. Uh, this isn't uh, oceanfront property in Arizona. So I don't know what that means. I'm assuming that's supposed to mean that there's no way the Bears are going to go quarterback according to Matt Miller's uh, source, I guess you could say. But And then the other thing that was interesting, I think it was Connor Rogers, and I'm not sure who he writes for. I've, I've heard his name a few times. I want to say it's NFL.com or Bleacher Report. Not 100%, but he said something – I think it was yesterday along the lines of that the Bears are doing everything in their power right now to make uh, Cleveland want to trade up from 12 to 3. So obviously these are rumors. So let's just say let's just say the Bears haven't identified Watson or let's just say they have identified Watson as their their top quarterback but they don't believe that he's worth a number 3 overall pick. So would you make the trade? Let's just say from three to twelve with Cleveland. That's this. You know, Cleveland gives up twelve. They give up a, a second and then third round pick from this year, and then they give up a, a future of next year, probably around a second or third of next year. Is that a deal that you make? Absolutely, because I think if Watson is your guy, I think there's a very good chance you're going to be able to get him at twelve too. I've seen mock drafts that don't have Watson going in the first round. Now I think that's kind of unrealistic, but I, I think that you're much more likely to get Watson at 12 than you are going to get Trubisky at 12. So if he is your guy and Cleveland's willing to give you, what would it, I mean, to, to move up that far, you probably have to give up a second, a third, probably another pick uh, to, to, to move up from 12 to three. Yeah, absolutely you do it. And I, I don't think that, I, a lot of the talent from, I think about one to nine is very similar. So there is going to be a drop off if you're going to get outside of that top 10. Uh, but I, but I think that Watson could still be there, and when the and then on top of that, you've also added a second rounder, a third rounder, where you can you know fill in the many holes that still exist on this roster. We're not just talking about a team that only needs a quarterback, and they're going to be a championship team. We're talking about a three and thirteen team that really has holes at every position. So you know you're not going to be able to do all of that with just five picks or six picks that they have now. But if you have nine picks, and they're you know. They're all first, second, and you know most of them are first, second, and third rounders. All, then all of a sudden, you can make substantial, immediate change and start to get the ship corrected a little bit faster than you might be able to do if you had to take a guy who's a quarterback who's not maybe not even going to start until 2018. So yeah, I, I would do that all day, and I, I think that Cleveland is a very good trade partner for the Bears to consider because, like you said, they have the ammo. You know, they they already have the first overall pick. They're gonna get that stud. Uh, in Miles Garrett, and I think you're right. I, I don't think there's any chance that they're going to pass on him. So they're going to get that stud. So why not uh, use that ammo that you've acquired over the last couple of seasons, move back up, and get your your franchise quarterback if they believe that if that's what they want to do. And uh, you know, to me, that's the, I wouldn't even think about it. I think that we, you and I have discussed this. The ideal thing for the Bears to do is to trade back. I don't, you know, trading back to twelve is a little risky, but I do think that if if they love Watson, I think there's a chance that they're going to get him, and everything could work out great for him. Yeah, and, and I completely agree. And I think you bring up an interesting point when you when you say that there's a good chance that if the Bears were to trade out at number three, Deshaun Watson could still be there at number twelve. And I think that's that, that's kind of the funny thing to me is it, I think with this quarterback class, it's such a it's such a, a mix and match kind of thing. I think multiple different teams are going to have different grades. I mean, I'm sure there's there's quite a few teams out there who probably have. Trubisky is their number one quarterback, and I'm sure there's probably quite a few teams out there who would rather have, let's say, Deshaun Kaiser or Patrick Mahomes over Deshaun Watson. So, it, But at the same time, if the Bears really have identified Deshaun Watson as their quarterback, then does it really make sense to risk trading out? And that that's hmm. something I don't know. Uh, but, okay, so let's get off the quarterback topic here a little bit before we will dive into the, you know, the mock and all that other stuff. So 
I, I think we've both stated who we think will be the pick. Now, who who do you want to be the pick? Uh, or more the point, who do you think makes the most sense? It doesn't need to be a quarterback. It can be anybody. Well, I mean, my uh, it, in terms of pure talent, my number one, my number two guy, I think Miles Garrett is, is correct, uh, justified in being the number one guy. My number two is Jamal Adams, safety out of LSU. And I, I think that anybody who gets him is going to get a lifelong all-pro player who's going to be a leader on a defense and a playmaker on the defense and have the type of impact that, you know, guys like, you know, Cam Chancellor have. And I, I, I see that out of Jamal Adams, and I, I, I would love it if they took him. I just think that with the depth of the, the the secondary in this draft, I just don't see it happening. So if you because I don't like a lot of the other guys... And I don't think any of them are slam dunks outside of Adams. And, you know, we're talking about Lattimore, who's got, I'm sorry, hamstring issues, hooker, uh, open field tackling issues. I, I just don't see the slam dunk there, so I'm going quarterback. I mean, I, I, I got to address the, the uh, most important position on the on the field. And even though I'm reaching and I'm, I, none of those guys in my mind are worth the, the number three overall pick, I just don't, I'm not sold on the, on the quarterbacks on the Bears roster and what they have, you know, the, the plan for the future, which really is none. So I, 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 go, I take care of the biggest position on the field and then you know, do my best to address the rest of the uh, holes in the, the remainder of the draft. I think that's fair. I think I, I think our mentally, you know, our mental standpoint really pretty well lines up for that. So I would say uh, before we jump into the into the mock draft here, uh, since this is going to be the last podcast we have before the draft, I think it would be kind of a, a neat idea to let's just throw out some predictions here. Um, you know, over under how many? Let's just set the over under of three. How many quarterbacks do you think are going to be taken in the first round this year? I'm going to take the over. I I could see a number of teams uh, trying to trade back into the first round and grabbing. Uh, you know whether it's Mahomes or, or, or you know one of those second tier of quarterbacks, we see it happen every year. And like I said before, that you know quarterbacks, it's it, it's just too important of a position for for teams to gamble on. And I think that's especially so if you know say the Bears and the and the Forty Niners and Browns all pass at the those first three picks. Then you, then you have the top three picks in the in the second round, or I'm sorry, three out of the top four picks in the second round who still need a quarterback, assuming Cleveland doesn't take one at 12. So I think it's a very good chance that one of those teams would move back into the first to try and grab that guy, you know, and leapfrog uh, one of those other teams and make sure that they get their guy. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I So if we're talking about whether or not it's going to be three or more, I, I definitely think it's going to be more. I think we could see up to five. Yeah, I 100% agree, and and it brings up an interesting point because, like you said, there's you have the the Browns at 33, you got the 49ers at 34, and then you have the Bears at 36. Uh, now, here's my thought, and I, I think Jacksonville is another team who could uh, take a quarterback, depending on what goes on with Blake Bortles, how they feel there. But here's an interesting scenario to me and i think this is how things are really going to set up i would say a minimum of four are going to go just because i think there's just been a lot of uh a lot of hype the only thing that i would say is i could see a team getting extremely stupid and taking uh let's just say a davis webb over deshaun kaiser i could see that happening and i'd laugh uh (laughs) but what i will say is that hypothetically speaking let's just say san francisco either takes a quarterback Let's just say they take Trubisky or they trade out, let's say, to the Browns or the Jets, and they take Trubisky, and then the Bears take Watson at three. So now you have two quarterbacks in the first three picks of the draft. So you have 
Mahomes and you have Kaiser, your last two guys, and you still have X amount of teams. I think I'd counted like five or six teams outside of that scenario that would still be looking at quarterbacks, need a quarterback with Houston probably being the top priority, Arizona, Pittsburgh, uh, teams like that. Buffalo, their other teams are going to be looking for quarterbacks as well. So I think that's where you could see five quarterbacks possibly going in. And for a team like Cleveland, for a team like San Francisco, for a team like the Bears that have those high second-round picks, honestly, it's not going to take much. Let's just say a Kaiser sitting there at 26 or 27. It's not going to take much for one of these teams, probably a fourth-round pick for them to trade back into the first round. And I think that it's important to remember that these fifth-year options are very valuable, especially when you're talking about a quarterback class who is probably going to see maybe one starter start you know, from week one on into their career. So I think having that redshirt, uh, you know, that redshirt uh, first year, uh, especially for a team like the Bears, it makes a lot of sense to have that fifth-year option because you're talking about a fifth-year option at $10 million versus having to either franchise that that quarterback in four years, probably that tag is going to be around $23, 24000000 million, or having to give a long-term contract to that guy at around the same price. So I think, I mean, you're talking, you know, for, for a fourth-round pick, you're basically talking an extra year of control and somewhat cheap control for a quarterback. Now, I want to get your take on this because I've heard a lot of people talking, and there's always speculation. It seems like there's a thousand guys in every single draft that somehow are expected to, you know, launch in the first round or make these huge rises. Now, I want to get your take. Who do you think is going to be the surprise top 10 pick this year? Every year there's one, and I, I think this year is going to be no different. Well, I don't know if it's definitely or necessarily a surprise. Uh, but I believe that Derek Barnett might end up being a top five pick. And I think there is an outside chance that he could be a top three pick. And I'll tell you why. I've talked to two separate people who have told me that the media is not high enough on this kid. And that NFL teams think much higher of him than the media does. And I, I think that there's a, you know, when you look at the uh the drop-off in pass rushers in this class. Yes, there's some, some talent, but once you hit a certain point, it really drops off. And, you know, other than Garrett, where is that elite pass rusher? I mean, there's there's questions about, uh, you know, where Solomon Thomas might play. I think he's he's probably going to end up being that uh, that type of player. But, you know, Jonathan Allen has the, the you know, the shoulder concerns. And then, you know, really, who who else is there? So I, I, I think if especially if, you, if, if the scenario comes out where it goes Garrett Thomas in the first two... You might see some teams, those teams that are desperate for a pass rusher, you might see some teams maybe try and trade up or potentially, you know, for the, like the Bears, maybe take him uh, and and get another pass rusher that, you know, know, like we talked about in in the last podcast, when you're, when you have that murderer's row of quarterbacks that you're going to face next season, you you know, the, the Bears don't have that, that stud legit pass rusher and I'm telling you, a lot of NFL teams believe that Barnett is that type of guy, so I think if we're talking about a real crazy uh, pick that would really shock everyone, Barnett might be that guy. No, it's interesting that you bring up Barnett because on draft Twitter, man, it, it's it's been a just a battle. It, it, <laughs> you got your people who absolutely love Miles Garrett, and you know most people value him as that the, the best best player in the draft, and especially the best pass rusher. 
But there is a surprising amount of people who think that Derek Barnett is going to be a better overall prospect than him. And mm -hmm. while I don't agree with that, I can definitely see it because Derek Barnett, I mean, he played in the SEC. I mean, this is a guy that has put up very good numbers. Uh, better, really, if you look at the numbers, he's actually put up better overall numbers uh, than Miles Garrett has. So I could definitely see that happening. I mean, we see it every year. The the two most overvalued positions in all of – and I shouldn't say overvalued, but the two most valued positions of football, especially when you look at the draft, is always going to be quarterback and pass rusher. And, I mean, that makes a ton of sense. And like you said, you have – I would say you have Miles Garrett and then let's just say Solomon Thomas, depending on if you view him as a defensive lineman or an edge rusher. Let's just say he's an edge rusher in this situation. Outside of him and those two and Barnett, uh, you're talking about I don't know how much of a drop-off it's going to be, but I think you kind of go into that second tier, and I, at least from what it seems like, there's going to be guys like Terrell Basham uh, and, and uh, Derek Rivers and stuff like that who who I thought were really good picks in you know, the, the second or third round that are all of a sudden magically moving in the first. We'll have to see how that goes, but... I, I could see that happening. I mean, pass rusher is very valued, and it seems like teams, uh, you know, just like quarterback, have the have the uh, advantage to reach. I think my my surprise top ten pick, which probably didn't seem like much of a surprise anymore, now it seems to be gaining steam. Is I, I think uh, I think Christian McCaffrey is going to make it in the top ten. I don't know what it is that people are souring on Dalvin Cook so much, but it seems like there's been a heck of a lot of rumors lately about uh, about Christian McCaffrey being that number two uh, running back, and at least from everything that I've been reading, it seems like Carolina is pretty interested. So that would be that'd probably be my guess at this point. But any uh, any crazy uh, predictions you got? Any uh, any any fun stuff before we uh, get into the mock draft? Uh, no, I mean we've we've really covered this draft. I think this is maybe our fifth uh, podcast covering this draft. So I, I don't know. I mean we've. We've really hit this hard, uh, you know. As far as McCaffrey goes, that that would surprise me a little bit, and I, 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 and it's maybe something we could discuss right now. You know, we're talking about two running backs in the top ten, and you know, three years ago that would have just been sacrilegious. You know, that never happens. I mean, we're last few years we've talked about how, you know, there there wasn't a first round running back talent, and I I wonder now. I mean, we're talking about potentially three running backs going in the in the the first round of possibly two going in the top 10. Do you think that's when you just, does that signal a shift in the way that teams are starting to reevaluate the running back position and it, you know, it's importance to get that stud running back? I don't, I think really what it comes down to is the the talent over the last two years, uh, top end talent, more of the point has been really good i mean therefore why i mean we saw what doug martin went in the first round a few years ago and he was the he was considered the top guy and granted he's had a few good years but i mean ezekiel Elliott last year i think he's the best running back that's come out of college since adrian peterson i, I like leonard fournette he's a monster i mean he's a big dude and yet he's he's running in the four fours i think that's pretty impressive and i think the thing with mccaffrey is he's so He's so versatile. I'm not as high on him as most. Uh, I, I'm really not. I think I honestly almost kind of think he's going to project more as a as a as a receiver and maybe like a scat back. But I think his his biggest value at the NFL level is probably going to be his hands, and that that's not a knock on him at all. Uh, but I don't I don't know. We'll see. And then people have been souring on Dalvin Cook. I think it's just really. We, I mean, you look at this running back class this year. 
and the talent is insane. And and to think that there was two or three guys, there was a uh, Nick Chubb, and there was two other names that I'm drawing a blank on right now, Royce uh, Freeman and somebody else that. Uh, they actually, I mean, they went back to school. I mean, this, we could be looking at an even better draft class, and I, I think it's, I think we're just seeing a, a talent in, in flux right now at running back that really hasn't been there more than a philosophy, ta- philosophy change with some of these teams. Sure, yeah, and I think you're right about, uh, especially Fournette. Um, I, I think he's going to have that same type of impact that Elliott had last season, and and, and it's interesting because the the days of the big running back are kind of gone, you know. Um, but you know, Fournette, I think he kind of bucks that trend in the fact that, like you said, he did run a four four, and he's only six foot, so it's not as if he's uh, enormous. Two hundred forty pounds, though. I mean, he can move the pile, and he can, you know, he can make guys miss. I mean, we saw him do it countless times last year. So, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think this is more just about a talent level and not about a shift because you know every year the the, the passing numbers continue to go up and, and records continue to get broken uh, with the aerial attacks and the way that the game is now with the spread offenses. So uh, luckily the Bears aren't in that situation, don't need a, a, a top-tier running back. We're not really, uh, we haven't really talked about them at all uh, throughout these podcasts just because of the of what they have in Jordan Howard and even, you know, to a lesser extent, uh, uh, Jeremy Langford and Kadeem Carey, who I, I still think both guys have value. I think the Bears have the potential to have uh, you, you know, one of the better three-headed rushing attacks in the NFL. So, all that said, let's talk about your mock draft. You ready? Yeah, let's do it, man. Well, uh, let's hit the ground running. I think everybody at this point probably knows who I'm going with uh, with the number three overall pick. Uh, Sean Watson. Surprise, everybody. Uh, <laughs> I thought, you know, when I originally typed this up, it's been about three weeks now. I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to get a lot of people. Probably going to get a lot of uh, crazy reactions on Twitter. But over the last few weeks... Uh, it's definitely killed the uh, killed the surprise factor, but I mean, like we've talked about, I'm not going to get too deep into this because we beat this into the ground. But from what I've heard uh, from people I trust, uh, he seems to be the guy. Uh, it wouldn't shock me to see a guy like Mitch Trubisky, but I, I, I truly believe that Deshaun Watson has been identified as their quarterback number one. Any any thoughts or? I don't know. I'm told the same thing, and uh, it's it's uh, it's not surprising just because of the need that they have at the position. But yeah, I think, I think uh, if you, like I said, if you had to put a gun to my head, it would be Watson. And I think we've both been told the same thing. And that says a lot. I mean, the, the people that we talk to are, are people who, who know more than we do. And, uh, you know, when you, when you get that type of information, it's hard, hard to ignore whether you agree with it or not, or whether you want to, to ignore it or not. I mean, I, I really think that, you know, the information that you and I have received is, is legitimate. And I, I don't, I'm not excited about it, but I do think that the, that drafting a quarterback in Watson is going to put butts in the seats, uh, something that the Bears have uh, struggled with. And I think it's going to get a little, a little bit of excitement to the fan base and, uh, you know, he's the kid's a winner. So if he can bring that type of magic that he brought when he was in college at Clemson, if he brings that to Soldier Field, he's going to be definitely worth the pick. So it uh, wouldn't surprise me if he's the guy, but uh, I'm not sold on uh, what, what he can do. Hopefully he is for, for the sake of Bears fans. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, so going into round two, I know a lot of people, man, and a lot of people think the Bears need to go defensive heavy. And I think we've talked about this quite a bit uh I think the defense is closer than the offense is, so I don't, I don't think that the Bears are going to share that same philosophy. I think it's really 
outside of because I don't think anybody's really going to say Deshaun Watson is unquestionably the number three overall talent in the draft. So I think in terms of BPA, you can kind of throw that out the window for the first pick. But in terms of uh, picks, you know, two through uh, seven, I think they really will go BPA. And my pick here is Evan Ingram out of Ole Miss. Uh, tight end, uh, receiver, he's he's not much of a blocker. And I know a lot of people think, why wouldn't you go with the secondary right now? But the more and more I think about what the Bears really need, and I think that's speed, but I, I think they just they need playmakers on both sides of the ball. But like I keep saying, that I think the defense is closer than the offense, and I think – when you look at the talent in the draft, I think you can still pick up a nice, uh, you can still pick up some nice talent, uh, you know, defensive back or whether it be defensive line versus a guy like Evan Ingram. I mean, he has a, a particular set of skills, I guess you could say, uh, that no other tight end in this draft really has, and and he's just. At first, I didn't like him. I I, I don't know what it was. I, I maybe I just wasn't, didn't have the creative juices flowing in the head and couldn't really see what he could bring an NFL team. But the more and more I start thinking about it, I think he would be a great, great fit for the Bears. I think he's he's a mismatch. I mean, he's somebody that you can line up as a receiver out wide. He's somebody you can line up uh, as a tight end. He's somebody you can put in the backfield. I mean, this is somebody that he can he can line up multiple different positions. He can always be on the field. And I think it kind of helps him, especially at receiver. Let's say uh, Kevin White doesn't work out or – Let's say Kendall Wright and uh, and uh, Marcus Wheaton both don't work out. He gives you another receiving option. And okay, the Bears have Zach Miller and, and Deion Sims. I think Sims will be here for a while. Uh, Miller's been injured quite a bit, but I think Ingram gives you an opportunity to have him out on the field for 90 percent of the snaps versus you know an inline tight end or uh, is strictly tight end. I think this is somebody that the Bears can use multiple different ways. Yeah, and I think you talk about his talent, and one of his best talents is the fact that he runs a 4.42, which uh, you know, 6'3", 234 pounds, kind of has the body type of a big tight end or a big wide receiver. So I, I think that's kind of what he is, a hybrid tight end wide receiver. Uh, but, you know, he's the type of guy who you line him up on the on the edge. Uh, you know, it's difficult for opposing teams to put a, put a cor- corner on him. So he's likely going to get matched up with linebackers and safeties. And that's just, those are the, the matchups that he's continu- continuously exploited throughout his collegiate career. Posted some really great numbers, you know, uh, an All-American last your first team SEC, um, you know, and really just was used in every position in that passing attack for Ole Miss. So I, I think that you can line them up in the slot. You can line them up out wide. You can put them on the edge. You can put them at H back. You can line them up at fullback and use, you know, create those mismatches that he is definitely going to be able to exploit. And you, we've talked about Ingram before. He's one of my favorite players. And if the Bears aren't going to go crazy and get OJ Howard in the first, and I do like uh, David Yoku as well, but I think he's probably going to go in the first. And Ingram sitting there, yeah, I, with the depth of this cornerback class, absolutely get the get the playmaker on offense, and then still probably get your your uh, your starting caliber secondary players in the third and fourth, which brings us to. Jalen Tabor, uh, round three. I know, we, and we talked about him a little bit, uh, you know, in the in the last few weeks. And I, I know a lot of people have soured on him because of his. He ran like a four seven forty. I mean, that's not it's not good. But what I will tell you is, when I start watching these guys, especially you know back in you know in, in October, November, December timeframe, when I'm watching these guys, Tabor stuck out to me is probably one of the best cover corners in this whole entire class. And the thing that about it to me was. He doesn't look slow on tape, and I, I get it. You know, a time straight line forty speed—that's that four seven's not good. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, I, I think his his uh, his playing speed is uh, much different than his time speed is. 
And I think teams are going to look away from him and say, okay, this is somebody that we probably don't want to touch. But I think with somebody like the Bears, I think he makes some sense. I mean, they have, uh, I guess you could say depth. I mean, in terms of their, I mean, their, their two boundary corners are probably already spoken for in terms of starters. But I think Tabor brings a lot of value. And it's going to be interesting to see, at least on the mock draft that I did, when because I did all this through fans speak. They're really awesome. You can do multiple different boards, multiple different things, and it kind of mocks you and, and it puts you, it backs you in the corners. I mean, you really, you really have to uh, get creative. And, and Tabor was one of those guys that, that stuck out to me as a really good value. Uh, and we, we've talked about it, and I know you, you're a little worried about his 40 speed, and I get that. Uh, but at, at this point in time, I'd be willing to take that risk just because of what I've seen him do on film. Uh, I think he's one of the better cover corners. He's versatile. He's got good height. Uh, outside of the speed factor, I think he's a pretty good fit. Yeah, he had nine career interceptions, so you can't uh, knock his ball skills and what he's able to do. And the, you know, the playmaking ability, playmaking ability in the secondary is something the Bears lacked over the last few seasons. So those type of players, uh, you know, have a lot of value when when you're talking about it. Yeah, I do have some concerns with his forty time, and also his reported pro day workout was kind of shady. Uh, didn't look so good out there. But you make a good point. I mean, the, the tape doesn't lie about him. He does have. Uh, so he's six feet, 200 pounds, so good size. He can get up in guys' faces and play. So uh, if you get him in the third round, I mean, we're talking about a guy, if he would have ran like a four four five or even a, a below a four five, he's probably a second-round consideration. Now we're, we're talking about him as a third-round pick. I, that's good value in my mind. And, and yeah, if you, you, know, you think he plays better on tape, then, you know, if that's the way that pace feels as well, then you go for it. You know, you get, get that second-round value, get him in the third round. Yeah, absolutely. And another... This is a pick I know some people are going to look at and be like, well, this guy's going to go earlier. And he may. Uh, Josh Jones out of North Carolina State. I know I know people are higher on him than I am. Uh, I like him. I don't love him. Uh, I, I've seen him getting some second-round talk lately, and quite frankly, that confuses me a little bit. Uh, he was a, I mean, he was a strong safety up until us last year. He's a big guy. He's pretty physical. Uh, my biggest concern with him and why I don't have him rated a little higher is the fact that his coverage skills, just his ball skills in general, just don't really seem to be uh, to be as good as a, a you know a, a typical free safety would be. Um, with that being said, I mean you kind of have to use a little bit of projection here. I mean he's got the size, he's got the physicality and the versatility at the safety position. So I mean that's something that does make sense for the Bears. Uh, safety is going to be interesting because I think you have some talent uh, there that may fall a little bit just because in you know in the past few years we've seen safety's kind of a mix and match uh type of position you know different different uh defensive coordinators prefer different styles and i think jones is one of those guys it wouldn't shock me to see him go in the second round but quite frankly at least i have him graded out in the fourth and in the two mocks that i did he was there in both of them so he's who i took uh, i think he can step in from day one even if he is a, a strong safety, I think Quentin Dips is a, is a good fit at free safety, and I think these two guys can definitely, uh, you know, put a little bit more physicality. And uh, you know, they both have. I, I think Dips has better ball skills, but I think uh, Josh Jones has a lot of room to grow in that department. I think this would be a nice pick here. Yeah, Jones is pretty impressive at the combine. Four point four one forty yard dash, twenty reps, good vertical and broad jump. I mean, really showed a lot of explosiveness and speed. 
I, you know, teams teams tend to overvalue those things, and I think that's why a lot of people have him uh, going a little bit higher. I do agree. I, I think it would be crazy if he's there in the fourth round, and if he is, yeah, you know, his just from what he brings alone and from a height, speed, uh, you know, in size category, six one, two hundred twenty pounds, he runs a four point four one. I mean, that's that's a type of uh, uh, you know, physical uh, athleticism that defensive coordinators drool over. Yeah, if, he, if he's in the fourth, he's a no brainer. Yeah, absolutely. And my next pick, uh, this is also in the fourth round, would be uh, uh, edge rusher uh, Dwayne Smoot out of Illinois. Smoot's interesting because it seemed like a lot of people earlier in the process had him graded out as like a second or third round pick. But I, when you go back and look, you've seen guys like Derek Rivers, uh, uh, guys like Basham, uh, Bowser, uh, names like that that have gone from third or fourth round talents or you know projected third or fourth round talents more into the uh, – first and second round so i think smoot definitely can make some sense uh, the bears have met with him uh he has a little bit better size than uh, carol phillips who was his uh, counterpart as an edge rusher at illinois i mean he's not a he's not a, a world beater by any means but i think he he has some good upside and i think overall i, I think he projects really well as uh you know as, as the floor is probably like a third like a rotational pass rusher but i think this allows the Bears to be able to, if they want to, cut bait with Lamar Houston. I mean, this is second ACL tear in three years, and I think the Bears need some uh, some depth at at pass rusher. And if they're not going to get somebody, if the, if Miles Garrett isn't going to follow them at three, I think uh, they'd be wise to kind of sit back and let things fall. I mean, this is a pretty deep class. Obviously, the top end talent will have fallen off by this point, but. As we've seen in years past, I mean, pass rusher is one of those positions where you're more likely to hit on, uh, I guess you could say, a mid-late round talent and have those guys show up. Uh, Pernell McPhee was one of those guys. So this is why Smoot makes a lot of sense to me here. Yeah, the, my issue, one issue with Smoot is that he's never had more than eight sacks, <clears throat> excuse me, eight sacks in any of his seasons in college. But as a, as a solid all-around player, uh, you know, in the fourth round, yeah, you can't go wrong there. I don't think he's ever going to develop into a ten sack rusher, uh, pass rusher in the in the NFL. But uh, fourth round a guy who can come in and play in, in play in both the three four or or four three sets. I think uh, you, you know that he is good value there. I just I I see his, his his ceiling being a little low. But you know we're talking about a fourth rounder there. A lot of guys are going to be that way. Yeah, exactly, and that's that's kind of where that's at. So fifth round pick here. Uh, we just talked about him on the last podcast is a uh, you know kind of a late round sleeper and that's Ryan uh, Glasgow out of uh, Michigan, uh, kind of a like I said kind of a Mitch Unrhyme with uh, I think a little bit more athletic upside and I think he's got a little bit more pass rushing upside. Uh, I think this is somebody at least in my mind who's never going to be that seven eight sack a year guy uh, you know at the at the five tech position, but that's fine. I mean you don't you don't really need that. And I think really what you're looking to do is add some upside here. Uh, the biggest thing that I want people to kind of keep in mind here, when you look at what the Bears are doing with a 3-4 front, it's worth keeping in mind that they're really only running that base front with two five techniques and a nose tackle about 35% of the time. So, And, and that's kind of my mindset with uh, like a Jonathan Allen, for example, in the first, is that is that really something that you want to marry yourself to? Do you really want to take a guy that high that – there's a good chance that he's probably only going to be on the field 50% of the time. Yes, they can slide in uh, and play three tech, uh, maybe some seven tech, you know, a base uh, three, four or four, three, sorry, defensive end. Um, but I mean, overall, I, I don't think the, at least in what they, what we've seen so far uh, from what they've done in free agency, 
they don't seem to value that 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 second uh, five tech position as high. Plus, they have Jonathan Bullard. Uh, granted, we'll have to see what happens, but I think Glass now kind of or Glasgow kind of fits into that mold of another upside guy that you can pair over there um, and rotate with uh, Jonathan Bullard. Uh, I think Unrein's one of those guys that's going to go into the year, uh, you know, is is kind of a question mark. I mean, they could keep him, they could they could cut him loose, but I think uh, death needs to be added there. But I don't think it's quite as high a priority as some people. Yeah, the Bears have met with Glasgow. Uh, at, or they, they saw him at his pro day and got an up-close look at him when they were able to coach him at the Senior Bowl, to, too. So they, they know a lot about him. And, yeah, I, I don't see it as a huge priority either. Um, you have a really good one in Akeem Hicks at the five-technique position. So I, it wouldn't surprise me if they wait. And I think Glasgow is a guy who has a lot of upside. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so the last pick here, and this is something that we've kind of talked about, I think they could go in a multitude of different directions. Uh, I know a lot of people are probably sitting here thinking, why hasn't he not gone offensive line yet? And unfortunately for you, I'm not going to go offensive line here either. Uh, and I'll give an explanation behind that in just a second. But we talked about him in, in the sleepers and uh, Tarek Cohen, uh, Cohen uh, running back out of North Carolina A&T. Uh, that, that Darren Sproles-type mold I think is just something – that the Bears could really use. Uh, we talk about a guy like Evan Ingram that's got a lot of uh, speed, versatility. Uh, we talk about speed. Taron Cohen or Tarek Cohen uh, fits that to a T. I mean, this is somebody that he's going to be a gimmicky guy. He's he's five seven, five six, five seven, depending on who you talk to. Uh, he's not a full time player. That's fine. He's got some special teams value that he can add in the return game. Um, but he he brings a different level out of that backfield, and I think that would be something that would really. Uh, really complement with Jordan Howard very well. Um, like I said, they could go offensive line here with this pick. The problem is, and this is kind of something we talked about in the last podcast, is that uh, this is a very weak uh, offensive line class in general. So my thought process behind it is I would rather take a guy like Cohen who has some versatility, has some speed, has that playmaking ability versus taking a true seventh-round talent like a Justin Senior. Uh, I mean, I can name you off multiple guys. So – I think really what it comes down to is the Bears made somewhat of an effort to try to address the offensive line, and it didn't really work out. Uh, but overall, I think, uh, especially in the seventh round, if you can get a good talent like a Cohen here or even a red flag guy if they're willing to take a chance, that's where you go. Yeah, I agree about the the offensive line. Not only in the fact that it's not a huge issue, but this is also a weak class. And I think if the right value does drop down to you, you have to consider it. But uh, with, I don't see it as a huge need. I mean, the Bears had uh, uh, were top 10 in yards per carry on, on the ground, had the second-leading rusher in the NFL in Jordan Howard, and I believe they have, were top 10 in, in, sack, in fewest sacks allowed. So I know that uh, there's concerns about Bobby Massey and Charles Leno, and those are justified concerns, but I don't see either one of them as a liability. And when you add in the fact that with the, you know, uh, white hair long and sitting, you have the potential to have one of the best interior offensive lines in the NFL next year, if not the best, I, I, I'm not going to reach for an offensive lineman. And like you said, they did, they did, they tried to, to make those upgrades in free agency, couldn't do it. Um, so now you move on and, and really address the, the the much bigger positions of need, which are much more glaring than the offensive line. Last thing, what we we have five minutes here. What final thoughts as we head into this draft? What do you last thing that you want to leave with Bears fans before we uh, before we do this? Well, I think the biggest thing to keep in mind as we move into this process is the Bears were active in free agency, may not have landed the guys that they wanted to land in terms of impact. But the thing that I want people to keep in mind is they're not going to be able to fill all their needs. Uh, Obviously, if they trade back a ton of times and make this into a Madden-type situation, maybe. 
Uh, but let's just operate in the assumption that they're going to have seven picks. Uh, it, it just gets to a point when if they take quarterback in the in the first round, you just got to hope for best player available. They need op, they need upgrades all over this all over this team. And I think with what they've done in free agency, I think it's uh, you know just getting talent on the roster in general and having them make an impact in any way, shape, or form is is uh, going to be a big thing. I mean, this is a, this is a marathon. This isn't just a, a, a little short race. I mean, drafting, you're drafting for the future. You're not just drafting for the impact of a, a four- or six-game stretch. I mean, you're, you're drafting for, you know, four to five seasons at minimum. So I think that's something that people need to keep in mind and just hope that they, they fill some holes and land some good players. I, for me, I, I would just remind everyone to stay positive. I, I, for a lot of Bears fans and for NFL fans in general, this is much like Christmas. This is one of the biggest days of the season other than the the, the, the opening day. So uh, I don't see any reason to, to sour it because of some preconceived opinion that you have of the player. Uh, you know, give it some time. A lot of people were really down on Leonard Floyd. A lot of people were really down on Kyle Long, and those guys have turned out okay. And I think Leonard Floyd is going to get even better as we go along. So, uh, you know, don't don't let the mistakes of Ryan Pace or John Fox in the past, uh, you know, s- skew your vision of them and what they're, uh, you know, the players that they're going to select. Even if you don't think highly of them, uh, you know, have some fun. You know, enjoy the draft. That's I think that's the biggest thing for everyone. You know, get with your friends, do what you got to do uh, to have a good time. And if the player, you know, do a little extra research. If you do, if you don't like the player, do a little extra research and try and convince yourself you do like the player. And uh, you know, don't hate him until he gives you a reason to hate him. That's it, guys. Two podcasts recorded right in a row. We hope you enjoyed them both. If you didn't listen to the one previous to this, go back and listen to it. It is on iTunes. You can find it there. Be sure to follow Aaron on Twitter at Aaron Lemming NFL. You can give me a follow at Bear Report. Check out Aaron's uh, mock draft on at BearReport.com, also on our Facebook page. You can also come talk to both of us daily at our Bear Report uh, uh, message boards. And like I said before, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. That's it, guys. Our final draft preview of the bears for the 2017 nfl draft it's going to be a lot of fun enjoy it and we will be back shortly after the draft to talk about these draft picks and where we think the bears are headed have fun guys it's happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.